Lord Jesus, we just come before you um, right now, and we just ask you for awakening, God, in our own hearts, in our own spirits, Lord, that the fainting spirit would be removed from us, Lord, that we would feel energized, we would feel awake on the inside, we would feel um, like vitalized by your life in us, Lord. We would no longer be so exhausted all the time, Lord, but that you would energize us, Lord, from the deepest part of our of our being, that you would give us new life, your life on the inside would revitalize us, Lord, and that we would begin to see things differently, we would begin to see um, with strength, with hope, with faith, that we would be able to move out in areas of faith that we haven't been able to before, Lord, that you would take us to a new place in the spirit of trust in you, of faith in you, and that you would um, just open up our eyes that you are truly at work in us. You are doing a work in us even now. You are doing a work of revitalizing, bringing new life into our bodies, our mortal bodies. You're bringing your life into us. So Lord, we just, we, um, we lean into that truth and we ask you for more and that you make us more aware of the work that you're doing on the inside of us. In Jesus' name. Um, I think Connie is on. Connie, can you hear us? Hopefully she can. Yes. Okay, good, thank you. I just wanted to make sure that's working. Um, all right, so... On the notes, um, Roman numeral one, the Christian life is the reproduction of Jesus in souls. And I have a bunch of Bible verses here. Um, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Galatians 3, 27, for as many of you as we're baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Romans 8.29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life with which I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. 2 Corinthians 3.18 But we all with an unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Let's think about that for a minute. Just, let's just review that last verse. <laughs> that we read and don't believe. These are powerful truths. But we all with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You know, when we look in the mirror, do we see the Lord? That's what they're saying, you know. He's in us. We're being transformed into the image of Christ. Um, 
paragraph A, in his miraculous birth, Jesus was the fruit of heaven and of the earth. Um, Isaiah 45, 8 says, rain down you heavens from above and let the skies pour down righteousness. What came down from heaven but Christ who is righteousness? Let the earth open and let it bring forth salvation. Who is Jesus but the salvation of all mankind? Okay, so it comes down from heaven and it springs up from the earth. And let the righteousness spring up together. I, the Lord, have created it. Paragraph B, the Holy Spirit is the great artist of souls as he sanctifies the soul. He comes, he causes them to look like Christ. God has one ideal, and because of this ideal, and because this ideal is divine, it encompasses all the highest forms of beauty. This ideal is the God-man Jesus. Um, a lot of these points um, I'm getting from this book called The Sanctifier, Luis Martinez, and you'll see a lot of quotes in these notes from Luis Martinez, who really had a lot of revelation on the Holy Spirit. Um, but it was just straight Bible too. You know, he had revelation, but he had Bible verses. But the way that he explains what the Holy Spirit does in us is so masterful and so beautiful. And he a lot of times will describe the Holy Spirit as the great artist of souls. You know, he comes in and he begins to paint the canvas of Jesus on the soul of the heart, you know? And so a lot of these quotes, you'll find them, they're, they're so powerful. Um, he wants to make us look like Christ. Paragraph C, here's a quote from Luis Martinez. He enters into the depths of our souls, penetrates the innermost recesses, and takes up his permanent dwelling there to produce later on his magnificent work. Okay, so he's doing a hidden work in us. It says later, because our whole lives, he is making us look like Christ. A lot of the things he does are in a hidden way. You know, it does, he doesn't just reveal the masterpiece all at once. He's doing something hidden inside of us. To the artist of souls, sanctification and possession are the same act. For sanctification is the work of love, and love is possession. Okay, in a good way. Possession in a good way. God wants to possess us. That's a good thing, okay? It's not good if other things possess us, but if God possesses us, that's really good. The Holy Spirit is the delightful guest. Without doubt, the entire blessed Trinity dwells within the soul, living the life of grace, as it is to dwell eternally within the soul, living the life of glory, which is the full and joyous expansion of the life of grace. So, the whole Trinity living in us. That's John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. It's a mystery. You know, we don't understand how can the whole Trinity be in us. We know the Holy Spirit comes as a deposit and lives in us, but the, this is saying the whole Trinity lives in us. Because they're one, somehow that mystery is true. First um, Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Romans 8.9 and 11 
But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. Let's just get around this for a minute. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. I feel like if we could get a hold of that verse, we could be healed of every illness. You know what I'm saying? There's no sickness in Christ. You know? He wants his life to be so bubbling up in us that it not only saturates our spirit, but it saturates our body and gives life to our mortal bodies. Romans 5.5 Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Okay, paragraph D. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us permanently. He's not a transitory gift, for love comes to possess. He establishes his residence in us permanently and intimately. He's not a visitor who temporarily stops by to say hello. He comes in us to be united to our very souls, our innermost being coming into union with his spirit and forever changing our nature. So when we're born in our sin nature, you know, we have this sin nature. But when, when we get born again, God gives us a new nature. It's the God nature. And he just begins to completely transform us on the inside. He literally changes the DNA, you know. Um, I was just thinking about how we were talking about this last night a little bit, that you know, my daughter being pregnant, you know, got a blood test to find out, you know, what gender the babies are. She has twins. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's so, they didn't used to be able to do that when I was pregnant, you know. Now they know how to, to do that because the blood makeup from the babies are is in my, you know, my daughter's oh. body, you know? For a second, I thought they gave a blood test to the babies alongside the No. Right. No, they just get a blood test from her because oh. the blood is intermingled. Wow. I thought they do that through a scan, like they could see. They can do it through a scan later in the pregnancy. But this is actually completely accurate. Like they can look at the blood and see that, oh, what's in this blood? It has DNA of male children, <laughs> which she has two boys. Congratulations. Yes, yes. How early is pregnancy? She's, she's like 12 weeks. Okay. Yeah. So I was just thinking about how Mary carrying Jesus, think about this, the blood of Christ, right? The incarnation. His blood was mingled with her blood. I mean, something about that is so powerful, you know? Like, what was that like? How did she feel? Did she feel more alive than ever before? Because she here she is, has the divine God-man 
inside of her. It's not unlike that for us when we carry him in the spirit. And so that's what we need to remember, you know, is that we carry Christ. He's transforming us. His DNA is going to be our DNA. So we can lean into this, you know. Um, John 14, 16 through 17. And I will pray to the Father, says Jesus, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. This is the permanent residence. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. So Christ is giving this promise to his disciples. You know that he knows he's going to go back to the Father. And he's going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And that spirit is going to live in them permanently, forever. Um, e, the Holy Spirit is love, and this love is irresistibly attractive. He allures and woos us in love. He enables us to overcome all difficulties. He reveals the Father, the God of heaven, who is in love with souls and desires to come down to them and unite himself with them in the deepest, intimate, permanent union. Okay, so the Holy Spirit reveals God to us. Um, Roman numeral 2 the Holy Spirit places divine gifts into the soul we, we, um, we pray this verse a lot in the prayer room Isaiah 11 1 and 2 there shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him Okay, speaking of Jesus the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord, okay? The sevenfold spirit. So the sevenfold spirit of the Lord infuses himself into souls. Um, again, if you've been in these prayer meetings, which all of you have, um, we pray this constantly in here. When we're looking at him, he's looking at us. This sevenfold spirit is the fullness of God. It's the fullness. It's his attributes. It's who he is. So when he, you know, that Revelation 5, 6 says he sends out from this sevenfold spirit, from himself to us. He infuses us with himself. So when we're looking at him, he's gazing at us and he's sending out from himself. This, this sevenfold gifting and, and infusing us with his very being. Um, and that's why we can be in here go and just consciously go, Lord, I want to receive spirit of revelation, spirit of counsel, spirit of might. That's what he's pouring out, you know, and he's looking for these hearts. The Bible says he searches to and fro throughout the whole earth that he might strongly support. How does he strongly support those whose hearts are given over? He gives them himself. That's how he strongly supports them. And so he enables them to uh, have that divine might on the inside to have great fruitfulness in their lives, to give us power on the inside. And I don't know, I was just talking with Karen earlier before... uh, the devotional set and 
there's, you know, when Jim came down with the people from Sacramento, um, one of the things he prayed for was that was a breaking off of the fainting spirit. I don't know if you were there, but I felt that thing like start to break off of us. What is the fainting spirit? Well, it's the same spirit that when they were in the Garden of Gethsemane and the disciples were falling asleep, they were so exhausted. They could not stay awake. There was a fainting spirit. It's not just physical tiredness. It's spiritual oppression. (laughs) And I think what's over this region is that fainting spirit. And we come under that without realizing it. I don't know. I think we all feel exhausted. We feel tired. I can't go to that service. I can't get in the prayer room. I'm too tired. I need another nap, etc., etc. Some of that is true. Yes, get your nap. But some of it is spiritual. And if we know that, we can come we can come against that and we can go, "No, I'm resisting the devil." so that he will flee from me and I'm going to overcome and get to that prayer meeting. I'm going to overcome and get to that service because I will be revived on the inside when I do that. And I think if we just know that, it helps us. It helps us to move forward in faith and get this fainting spirit off of us because it's oppressive. That's really what's kind of over this region, but it's really just, it's everywhere. It's all over. It's all over because... The enemy does not want us to come together to worship, to pray, to seek God, and to get revived in our spirit, right? So he'll do anything to try to hold us down. Um, So the sevenfold spirit, um, if you think about it, the soul has like the three parts, the mind, the will, and the emotions. So we have like three parts to, you know, the human being. Um, the sevenfold spirit infuses himself into all of all parts of us. So into the mind or intellect come the spirit of wisdom and understanding or revelation. It comes the spirit of counsel and knowledge. Those are the ones that get infused into our intellect. Into the will come the spirit of the Lord. So the sevenfold spirit is the spirit of the Lord is one. Okay, That's kind of the all-encompassing spirit of the Lord. Then there's kind of these couples, spirit of wisdom, revelation, counsel and might, knowledge of God, fear of the Lord. So there's six there. They're kind of coupled, but the spirit of the Lord is all-encompassing. So the spirit of the Lord, the the all-encompassing spirit of the Lord, holiness, the holiness of God, it comes into our will. In other words, it bends our human will to be in conformity with the divine will. Because pretty much, you know, until we get born again, we're prideful and we're in our own will, kind of stiff-necked, that is, wanting to do our own thing, right? But when the Spirit of the Lord comes, the first thing He does is He bends our will and, and our will. And we, we say, I submit to you, Lord. You know, so we come into agreement with that. And that's in our will. Then into the emotions or the senses come divine might. That's what gives us strength and the fear of the Lord. So through these gifts, the Holy Spirit moves into the whole man. He becomes the divine director of the soul into the supernatural life. And that is representing of Christ to the world through us. 
So representing Christ to the world, right? Representing. He's representing Christ to the world through us. We become little Christ. Okay, we become Christ to our neighbor, Christ to our family member. Um, he becomes the very soul of our soul, life of our life. Uh, page three, here's another Luis Martinez quote. I have a couple more quotes from him. Um, if man had but to accomplish a work of moral perfection according to his human nature, okay, if it was just about that, then human reason a spark from the light of God would be enough to direct the life of the spirit. But the work that has to be accomplished in man, as we have already said, is divine. It is the reproduction of Jesus, the masterpiece of God. And for such an exalted undertaking, the direction of the Holy Spirit is necessary. Sanctity is impossible without this direction as it's impossible to obtain a finished and perfect work of art without the direction of a master. So again, I love how Luis Martinez describes God as the great artist. And it's like, you're not going to get the reproduction of Jesus if you just have moral perfection. It's beyond that. It's such a divine work. He's literally changing everything inside of us. You know, over time, in his delicate, gentle, perfect way, he's doing it. John 14, 26, that the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. First John 2, 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. So the Holy Spirit is the great director of the soul. Um, paragraph E. He teaches us by pouring himself into us gently and penetratingly. Here's another um, quote by Luis Martinez. As the artist is not content with explaining to pupils the secrets of art but he takes the uncertain hand of the beginner and gently but firmly moves and guides it in order that the beauty of his ideal may be expressed on the canvas even thus does the holy spirit take our faculties and move and guide them so firmly that they do not stray and at the same time so gently that our activities continue to be vital spontaneous and free he doesn't violate our free will. He doesn't just take over and do everything for us. He comes in gently. He guides our hand. Just like the artist is not just going to take over the pupil's, you know, canvas. He's going to go like, no, you're going to do this, but I'm going to be there. And I'm going to help you. Um, only the, the creator can reach in this way to the depths of our acts and so far from changing their properties rather marvelously perfect and elevate them. So he takes who we are, who he's made us to be, and in Christ we become all we are meant to be. So this is like um, the Christian life, you become, as Christ takes you over more and more, you actually come into more and more of yourself, who you are, your, the uniqueness of who you are. He elevates who you are 
opposed to like, say, if you were a Buddhist or something. In Buddhism, the, the idea is to become annihilated and absorbed so that there's nothing of you. And it's, so it's exactly opposite of what Christianity teaches. Christianity teaches, no, you become even more of who you are as Christ envelops you. There's a unique facet that is coming out that can only, that, that can only be, um, this facet can only be uniquely uh, manifested through you because you're unique. <laughs> so you become more of who you're meant to be. So he elevates who we are. And, and it's really quite beautiful. Like you actually come into who you are as you give yourself to Christ. Um, paragraph F. The seven gifts are the divine means for preparing us to move with the Holy Spirit in all of his diverse ways. So here's another quote. The celestial influence of this intimate guest is called inspiration. Its action is the breath of the wind, delicately soft and irresistibly strong, that impels our life toward heaven. The warm and powerful wind of love that cleanses, eases, rectifies, consoles, refreshes, but also moves, carrying all along, carrying all along all that is before it. The perfection of a soul is measured by its docility to the movement of the Holy Spirit. The A soul is perfectly holy when the spirit of love has taken full possession of it, when the divine artist finds no resistance. So that's a powerful um, quote, and that's where we are headed because um, that Philippians verse says that he who began a good work in us will be faithful to finish it. So we don't have to strive in this. It's not like, oh, I have to you know, become perfect. It's more like, no, we just have to yield. We just have to yield to him, submit ourselves to him because he is the one who does the work, right? And he even promises to bring us to the fruition, the fullness of it. He who began a good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Like he's going to do that. And Romans 8, 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Um, so that is the beginning of our, our message about the Holy Spirit and Just the main thing I want you to get from this is that Christ is about, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's work in us is more than just power to anoint us to heal the sick or power to anoint us to do anything. It's actually about our transformation so that we represent Christ to the world. So it's a much more all-encompassing fullness that's going on here. It's and we'll get into more of the details of this as we um, unpack some of these things about what the gifts of the Spirit are meant to do. It's much more than just uh, a force or a power to help us. He's actually um, going to produce virtues in us 
that are heroic virtues. Those power to be holy. <laughs> power to be righteous. Like we can't do this stuff on our own. But in Christ, it is possible. And he can give us heroic virtue. And so that's what's exciting is he's going to infuse himself, is infusing his, himself into us to produce this heroic virtue. So we're going to get into more of the details of that. But the thing I want you to get for tonight is, is that he comes in us to take us over and to make us fully look like him, to reproduce Christ in us and through us. That's what he's doing. And it's a masterful work of art. It's so far beyond anything we could possibly imagine. And there's so much mystery around it and so much glory. So um, I'm going to go ahead and close up in prayer. And then we'll go into a prayer meeting. We'll do maybe a little intercession and some worship with the word kind of combined um, on some of these Bible verses. And uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is after us to possess us fully. And we can trust that you who began this good work in us will be faithful to complete it. You'll be faithful to bring it to full fruition. Lord, you don't violate our free will, but you say, oh, that you would submit to me, that you would become so docile, because the more docile you become, the more I can fill, fill you and change you into my likeness. So, Lord, we just ask you for that, that you would do your holy, mysterious work in us and that we would be docile. Lord, we would be yielded. We would be so submitted to you. We would constantly throughout our day just be giving ourselves to you and asking you, how can I give myself to you even more? So, Lord, we just ask you to continue to open our eyes and to begin to do this deep work. In Jesus' name, amen.